All right, all you safety Sherpas out there, thank you very much for joining Safety with Purpose. My name is Scott McKenzie, and you know this platform is dedicated to you, the safety professional. You give 100%, why not have a platform that gives 100% back to you and tells your story? Safety with Purpose, that's what we're all about. We have a great interview this time around with a gentleman by the name of Luther Cottrell. I hope I said that last name right. He's with the University of Kentucky and Toyota Trulene Systems Program. You know what we're going to be talking about. You know it. Lean. And lean manufacturing principles and lean management in your business. Luther knows his stuff. Let's get going with that interview. Yeah, thank you very much for joining Safety with Purpose. Hey, this interview that's coming up with uh, Mr. Luther is conducted by Safopedia's own Tamara Paris. So I'm just providing the intro, and she takes it over, and she hits it out of the park with our friend uh, Luther. So anyway, before we get going with that interview, however, we have to thank our sponsor. And the sponsor for this particular podcast is Industrial Talk Marketing. Okay, let's say you want to expand your business. You want to apply the tools and techniques to be able to grow your market. Yeah, you need to go out to industrialtalk.com. Reach out to them. They've got the tools and techniques to make you a success in your business because, hey, you can never have enough safety out there. They're there to help you. That's uh, industrialtalk.com. Go out, reach out to them, and I guarantee you they will help you out. All right. Now on to the interview. The gentleman's name, and I hope I really do, hope I got it right, Cottrell. That's C-O-T-T-R-E-L-L. First name, Luther. And once again, he brings some mad skills. He's got a great... LinkedIn profile out there. You know, that stat card's just chock full of lean solutions and lean, you know, tools and techniques. That's Luther right there. So anyway, without further ado, I'd like to present to you Luther Cottrell. Cottrell. Yeah, Cottrell. And he's going to be talking about applying lean management principles in your business. Take it away, Tamara. Yeah, very, very good. Thank you so much for taking the time today to uh, chat with me. Okay. So I wanted to uh, start our discussion off to learn a little bit more about um, who you are and where did your your career in Lean Systems begin? I started with Toyota in 1988 as a team member, production team member in the welding department. And uh, at that time, uh, we wasn't making any cars at all. Everything was new. Equipment still been set. And, uh, you know, we would learn taught by the Japanese firsthand. And so being a new company and everything, I think at that time we probably had about 18, 1,800 people there. And so I promoted really fast. I moved up to team leader, group leader, assistant manager. And the last eight years I was there was manager. So I was there a total of 18 years. Wow. And I also had the opportunity to learn firsthand in a group that we established called the Organizational Development Group, and that was to put upcoming people into that group to teach them firsthand about the Toyota production system. So I was in that for about 14 months also. Amazing. And so can you share with me, being there over 18 years, what did you, what difference did you see in the way people's um, thinking in using the lean systems over that 18 years of growth? Yeah. Well, it's very apparent because I work with several companies, 
to implement lean. And, and most companies have gone through some stage of implementing lean, uh, but it doesn't stick and it doesn't stay. And what we'd like to say is uh, that we were marinated into the culture of the Japanese culture where our people are our greatest asset. So uh, we were we were taught and brought up to believe that we need to take care of our people. If we train and teach our people correctly, our people will be equipped to make good decisions uh, when it comes down to solving problems. And that's what it's all about is ridding your processes of problems, which is waste. Well, when I work with companies, that is the biggest thing that uh, that I spend the most of my time on is trying to create a culture where people can say, hey, I've got a problem, and it's okay. And if they say they got a problem, we take a very strong initiative to help solve that problem so that, that person can see the benefit of bringing those problems forward. And and they, it's very difficult for them to do that. And it takes a lot of time. And a good thing about uh, working with the University of Kentucky is that we tell them up front, if you don't have the culture, then you're wasting our time coming there. And you probably should just get somebody else to sell you a tool because we want to give you something that's going to help you uh, in the future and it's going to stick and it's going to stay. And can you share with me, um, thinking back at your work at Toyota, um, when was it that your, your aha moment that you wanted to make teaching lean systems part of your, your career path? Well, uh, actually I've seen a lot of people uh, leaving Toyota going into consulting. And during that time, which was around 2000, uh, there was a lot of money to be made out there teaching. And the people that were going out there didn't have uh, a tenth of the training and experience I had. I had six months in Japan working with Japanese and firsthand training for 14 months on TPS. And, and so I've seen an opportunity uh, at that time to go out and start trying to help other companies. Uh, I, I had the knowledge. It was a little scary to step out there, but, you know, hindsight is I'm, I'm happy I did because I've helped a lot of companies, met a lot of great people. Uh, so it's, it's, been, uh, it's been a blessing so far. And can you share with me a little bit about the history of the Lean System Program at Kentucky University? How did the begin? what was the beginning for the program to come to be the Lean Systems Program? Well, you probably already know that the Georgetown plant is uh, the number one tourist attraction for Kentucky. And we were constantly, people were constantly wanting to come in and see what we're doing because we were hitting J.D. Powers Awards year after year after year. A very brand-new company, brand-new plant, brand-new facility. Uh, Kentuckians uh, who knew nothing but tobacco and coal were making a, a number one quality product. So it was a lot of tours happening, and it, quite frankly, it just took up a lot of our time just touring people. And so Mr. Cho went to the university, who was our president at the time, and this was in '94, and he says, basically, 
we are a manufacturing company. We're not a teaching. Uh, teaching is not our thing. Touring is not our thing. So why don't we partner with you, give you executives that has the skill level, and you provide the training, and you take care of this training portion here and just let us build cars and provide you with executives to head the department. And that's where it started. And then that's how you became part of the program? No, actually, I was out running my own company, and uh, uh, consulting can be feast or famine. It can be you can turn work down because you have too much that you can do, and then there's times where the phone's not ringing. And during that time, the university called and said, hey, we've been looking, trying to get in touch with you. We'd like for you to come and uh, consider working for us. And that was in uh, 2010, and so I've been with them ever since. And if I was a student thinking about, you know, what am I going to take, because I was a health and safety manager in both construction, CCTV, as well as grocery retail, and I've got all these certificate programs I can be looking at, what am I going to learn and gain from taking your particular program that I can take back to my grocery retail. Yeah, and Tamara, you know, being in being in the field, uh, I and and coming from a, a company who who really puts ergonomics and safety first, we build it into our processes. Now we don't have an ergonomics department but we don't get processes unless they're green, which means that uh, team members can operate those processes in two hours and not have any ergonomic injuries. So we build them into the process. They come into the plant that way. And we don't change the process until we do an ergonomic evaluation and make sure it's a good process to operate. Uh, but that wasn't always the case. Uh, we had a lot of ergonomic injuries because we were solely geared on how fast can we run, how much waste can we get rid of, and it left, every time you get rid of waste, that means the team member is able to do more work, but they get less breaks. And so uh, I myself ended up with carpal tunnel. Several of the team members in my team had carpal tunnel, and we had no idea what was going on. So a lot of companies get caught up into lean and getting rid of waste, and they do that, but they leave their team members with no breaks, and they have bad postures, and they have force issues. And, and so they end up with their team members going in having ergonomic injuries, which are now long-term injuries. They're, they're not quick fixes. They're not putting a couple of stitches in, uh, giving a couple of uh, Tylenol and sending you back to work and they don't understand what's going on. So what we like to say is that we're going to teach you to build an efficient process, but it's going to be an ergonomically safe process because we're going to teach you. When I go in and set up a process, I don't say, guys, look, we're going to do ergonomics, but I'll make sure that the process has good body posture, neutral posture. They're not reaching over their shoulders. They're, everything is close as it can be. They're not reaching across their body. I do that because I know that's a good process. But the people that I'm working with, they have no idea. You know, I explain to them the purpose of it. But they, they can't tie it to ergonomics. Mm -hmm. So what we're going to say is when you come to our class, you're going to go back and know how to build efficient processes, 
but you're going to build them ergonomically safe as well. And when you start talking to companies about ergonomics, they sort of back up, oh, that's a great old big word, right? But what we like to say is there, you know, it's a good lean process, it's ergonomically safe. That's what you would learn if you come, if you come to our class. And I don't know if that's different when, than what everybody else is teaching, but that's what we're trying to solve, the problem we're trying to solve. Now I'm working with a company right now who's basically trying to get rid of all of the waste, which means, uh, you know, when a piece of equipment breaks, the team member actually gets a break, right? There's two different types of stresses on the body, physical and mental, that they go to through. And sometimes equipment failures can be mental stress, uh, but they also get to physically rest while their equipment's down. So you fix all of that, you get rid of all of the waste, and now that team member is constantly going and these poor postures, and they end up with these ergonomic injuries. And what we're trying to say is we're going to prevent that. And I think from a manufacturing point of view, uh, we don't mind doing ergonomics as long as I can see that there's going to be a benefit from it because most companies see ergonomics as buying a bunch of tables, adjusting workstation, it's just going to cost me a bunch of money, and what am I going to get from it? And, so this way, uh, you know, we went, uh, this company in Denver, we went from seven people down to two and haven't had one injury. One ergonomic, haven't had one ergonomic injury because we set up good posture-related processes. We set up good job rotation. So I'd like to kind of unpack this a little bit more for the audience who is reading the interview with a mm -hmm. really tangible example. So if I'm a health and safety manager, and let's do, um, say, are you familiar with construction at all? Uh, no, I'm not. No, I'm not. I know there's a big opportunity there, but I, I haven't gotten out into the construction field yet. Okay. What about um, grocery stores? So give me an example. Well, um, if you, we, you go to grocery stores, I would suspect. Mm -hmm. And so when you're shopping and you're looking around the store, um, I would be the health and safety manager responsible for the store. And in, in my particular case, I had a bakery, a butchery, a deli, a place where they made food such as pizzas, etc a produce area. I had women who would um, be responsible for cutting trays of fruits and making salads, for example. I have cashiers, as well as people in grocery stocking shelves. And then I've got my receiver in the back. So help me understand in my store world, and when I'm doing health and safety, I love to get all the departments responsible for their own areas. So help me better understand, taking this program, how can I start applying what I'm learning in your lean program into the store, w collaborating with my team? Right. Hey, and that's a good example because uh, the, the company that I just left this week, I was there Monday through yesterday, and so... Uh, what is ergonomics and lean, it doesn't make any difference. They wanted to do lean. 
And so they have, let's see, two, four, six, they have eight processes that they're trying to do, uh, set up to be their model areas. And then uh, they have probably 50 or 60 processes that they build that 5S and some on-site tracking to. And really and truly, nobody knows what TrueLean is. Nobody knows the purpose of the tracking board. Nobody can tell you what the 5Ss are. But they said, let's get it out there, guys. Let's get it. Put it up. I want to see it. Well, what we say is, is that's the failure mode because you're trying to go wide too fast. And what we say is you go deep, get all your roots deep, pick an area, you know, uh, make that your model area, find out what works, what doesn't work, try it out, and then once you get it successful, then you spread it. So we, we're saying if you go wide too fast, you have shallow roots and nothing really sticks. So in those departments, I would determine which one of these departments I want to make is a model area uh, that's very similar to most of my, my grocery store, and mm -hmm. I would go into that area, and then I would set that up ergonomically, lean and let everybody come and see it. hey guys now this is what we're talking about and we tried this and this didn't work we tried this that didn't work but this seems to work for us and this is what it looks like what do you think and get everybody's okay and they agree to it and then pick another area and then another area and then you gradually spread your processes throughout the department store and you have now you know some good roots growing and some success stories and people involvement and engagement. And so before you know it, you have it implemented. And it's it's thriving. You're not putting a whole lot of effort into making it work. It's part of your process now. No, that sounds wonderful. Does that make sense? Yes, does it does. Sense? Yes, it does. Because in in our, our work area, um, often I would start with the, the bakery because the bakery manager always wanted to figure out how to improve. And so when right. I was going to university to do my health and safety, what I would do is I would often bring in my homework and sit down with him, and we would discuss and use his department as the pilot project area. And it's very interesting when you start a project one place, how others want to get involved. Yeah, yeah. How, do you have and any stories from you. your experiences about how it catches on? Well, uh, you know, uh, this one company I work for, once I had it, the, the model areas set up, I would go back uh, some sometimes monthly, and then once they establish themselves well enough, I'd go back quarterly and then biannually and then once a year. But whenever I'd go back, you know, I would have the team members saying, come on, we're ready. We're going to get a good high score this time. And and they were just so fired up because they knew that they had it down pat and they knew the area looked well. They knew their signage was perfect. They knew their processes uh, was in order. And, and they just get so excited about it because people want to win. I, our workers want to win. But first of all, we got to tell them what the score is we're shooting for. And it has to be a reasonable score. It has to be something that we feel like we can achieve. And then once we achieve that, there needs to be some celebration. Thanks, guys. Good job. You did this, this, and this very well, and now you can see the results of it. And then when we do that, we build that teamwork, that camaraderie, and it just catches on like fire. But it, you have to work through the people. I mean, the process is just a process. 
if you can't get the people engaged and get ownership and get the people empowered to make change in an area, it's just another tool that's on the shelf. And that's the hardest part, Tamara, is getting, getting management to understand Hey, you need to go down and work with your people. When your people say, I need something, you need to jump through hoops to make it happen, right? Uh, and sometimes, you know, it, it, uh, it's uh, I'm just going to ask and see if I can get it, whether I need it or not. But, you know, I say, okay, give it to them, you know, because I want to get some wins. I want to get the people saying, hey, we mean what we say. We're not going to pick and choose what we do. But... Uh, I, and I, I see that quite often, and at Toyota, we were the same way. When my manager came around for his 5S audit, we were ready. You know, <laughs> look wherever you want to, we're ready. And uh, my team was always interested in what the score was once he left. So it's contagious. You know, one of the things that you just said there is so key. Employees want to win. Most employees do. do want to please management. And you know what I find, Tamara, the, the question that I get everywhere I go, and I need to sit down and just figure out how many of these model processes I've done and companies I work with, but uh, they always want to say, well, Luther, what about this one? And this one doesn't agree to do anything, and he won't blah, 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 blah. I said, you know, I said, I look at our workforces, is, and it's, it's, you know, I think every person has a different number, but I'd say it's about 60, 20, 20. 60% is like, whatever you want to do, we're willing to try it. 20% has been burnt before and it's sitting on a fence and I said, oh, this is just something new. Just hang tight. It'll change. And if you convince those people that 20% on the fence, that, yeah, this is going to work and it's going to stay, you'll get 80%. And that 20%, I'm not going to waste a whole lot of time with them. I'm going to focus on my 80% that's ready to go, and then I'm going to expect those guys to follow along. But if they don't want to participate, that's their business. So you've spoken a little bit to me about the program and the history and um, how, as a health and safety manager, I can actually implement it a bit with my team. So I wanted to kind of learn from the from you the benefits of taking the program from the business perspective. So what does the organization get? Well, I mean, there's a lot of numbers out there, Tamara. I mean, you can go on the Internet and you can pull up the dollars that companies spend on back injuries alone, uh, shoulder injuries, carpal tunnel injuries, and the numbers are staggering. So that in itself says, hey, you have a problem, you have a potential problem, and this is money that companies don't say, hey, we're going to have 30 injuries, back injuries this year. Let's budget for it. So it's not money that's budgeted for. And then when someone goes out for a back injury, who's going to fill that job? Either somebody goes online, which means that somebody's not doing that person's job, or you hire additional people for your medical leaves. It's just a work disruptive. It's a costly uh, uh, thing for ergonomics. And they're not quick fixes. So uh, that in itself is, to me, uh, a reason to consider including ergonomics in your lean program. And that's why we want to join them together, because not only are you going to become efficient, you're going to produce more, 
better quality, but you're going to work your people safe. And our commitment should be is to long-term health for our team members, not just today, not just tomorrow, but when they retire, we want to make sure that they leave uh, healthy and, and able to enjoy their retirement. But as far as cost goes, the numbers are out there. One of the main drivers for myself, Luther, when I go to school is to advance in my career. Could you share some of the success stories of your students who've gone through the course? It's been probably four that I've worked with that has promoted on up the level. And uh, you can see that they've taken what they've learned from me into the new organization because my job is more also a coach, you know, so so our, our thinking, Tamara, our goal is train the trainer. You know, I don't, when I leave there, I don't want them to say, look what Luther did. I want them to say, look what we did. So I have to coach leadership uh, uh, into how to manage their people and how to get results through their people and not barking orders and, and not telling, but asking, you know, if, if our, we say, who knows the work better than the people who do the work? So let's start utilizing from the shoulder up instead of the shoulder down. So I have to coach those people if, if they're going to sustain. And so last week, uh, this week in itself, probably 50% of it was just coaching the management group. Uh, and I like to do that before I even get into implementing processes establish what our roles and responsibilities are, uh, you know, how we're going to coach, how we're going to provide feedback. I like to talk about all of that and establish all of that before we even get started doing tools. But now that's just a model process. I don't know if I answered your question or not, but uh, that's, that's part of my job is to coach and develop leaders, uh, the management team. And those guys, when they have been promoted, have, uh, taking that initiative forward with it. So what I'm hearing you saying is by taking the program, the business is getting somebody who come in to your organization to share a new value system of how yeah. to do business now, which can then yeah. transform yeah. the whole business, not just the one area yeah. you're doing lean. Yeah, so the CEO, I met with him yesterday and, and gave him a summary of flag noticed this week and some of the things that have gotten started. And, and the biggest thing that I said we have to do here is uh, we have to start communicating better. we got we got to work with our people. we got to let our people know. we got to train our people. I said, you got a lot of things happening out there that you're leaving your people out of. And, and going forward, we need to make sure that we get our people on board before we start doing anything. And he, he said, I absolutely I agree with you. And that's, that's part of our role is to impart, this is just a tool. But if you don't have the management structure around it to culture it and to build the people into it, it's just not going to work. It's just another tool. So it sounds to me that the benefit of the program for the business is that you're helping to open up um, leadership's eyes about a different way of leading people being more rapport and relationship building as well. Exactly. Absolutely. Safety and health is interested in the ergonomics, and they really eat it up. 
and and they're interested in the problem solving that I do because they see that they can take that back to their processes. But the standard work and uh, you know and the job instruction training and those lean tools that, that's something that they're like, nah, that's good, but it won't help us. And then manufacturing is looking at the tools and said, wow, we wish we had more time to spend on the tools, but less on ergonomics. I think it's a really good program, uh, and it's, it's going to provide uh, efficient, safe processes and good systems in place to ensure people stay safe. Often if a worker has like a back injury or something, it's, it's, it's often associated to something else outside of work mm -hmm. before inside of work. Yeah. Yeah, I've seen a team of the picking grabbing a forty pound shell, ammunition shell, grabbing it with both hands, picking it up off a conveyor, bending over, sitting into a rack on the floor. And and that team member doesn't have back problems? No, no. Wow. <laughs> it must be Superman. You know? Yeah. They're doing that like every uh you know, every 90 seconds they're doing it. Yeah, and unfortunately, from my experience, Luther, is that when when that people don't, they may have a little uncomfortableness in their back, and they don't associate that with a back problem. But when it's when the critical incident happens, where they they're now really having a pain or they can't move properly then they associate whatever happened at that moment with their back pain. Mm -hmm. And that yeah. may be at home trying to get something yeah. out of a cupboard. Exactly. And that just last yeah. little twitch trying to get into the back of the cupboard in the kitchen did the final straw when, in fact, it was mm -hmm. years of doing something. So maybe there's more exactly. of an education and awareness about how this really impacts the body that also needs to be done. Yeah, and we do we do go into that when we teach the class that that this injury uh, is being created day in and day out, and at some point uh, that back is going to give, and it may or may not be on the job, and because you've done damage every day, and finally it's just going to break. You know, it's just going to give way. Uh, but you're exactly right. And, and in that case, it wouldn't be recorded as a work, work body injury. Well, you know, Tamara, uh, in the early 90s, early mid-90s, yeah, ergonomics was a big thing. Uh, mm -hmm. we, we had a huge ergonomics department uh, at Toyota, and we had people that were staff for each, each department. Uh, and ergonomics, everybody was having these ergonomic injuries out, you know, this was crazy and the cost was going through the ceiling and people were getting serious, not returning to work. People can't come back to work because they were hurt so bad. Yeah. And, uh, but now, you don't hear that so much. Yeah, people don't really know, even know what the word ergonomics means. Yeah. It's, there's not as much education around it. No. Yeah. There's not much knowledge yeah. either. I mean, no. Uh, I mean, if you ask people, ergonomic, do you have any ergonomic injuries? And we don't think so, <laughs> you know. Uh, and I'm looking at processes that should generate ergonomic injuries, right? 
because I know with the posture, the amount of time that they're in it and the weight and how often they have to do it, it should it should be a red process. We shouldn't be able to do it. No, absolutely. Maybe on a, so. Because it looks like an excellent program. It, it is. Like I, I really think it is. Yeah. I do. I think it is. And I think it could lead to greater things. You know, I think it's just a, a door opener to be able to do better things, go into processes and teach how to do uh, evaluations and actually start showing how to improve processes at their facilities. Mm -hmm. I think it's just the door to get, get us into the facilities to start making some real change. But no, I think you're right. I, I, yeah. Well, I'm going to get out here and cut some grass. Okay. And uh, you have a good rest of the day. You too, Luther. It was a pleasure to speak with you. All right, you too. Thank you. Bye. Talk to you later. Bye. Okay. Bye. All right, Safety with Purpose listeners, that is Luther Cottrell. That's C-O-T-T-R-E-L-L. -L. Look him up on LinkedIn. He's He knows his stuff. Also, thank you to Safopedia.com. They're all things safety. Go out there, Safopedia.com. One-stop shop right there for everything that is safety. And I want to say thank you to Tamara Paris. She's got another podcast called Women in Safety. You got to look it up. It's out on Safety with Purpose. Women in Safety podcast. She definitely interviews all of the best of the best women in safety. So look her up. As well as, thank you very much once again, you listeners, for joining Safety with Purpose. It, you know, we can't do it without you. So thank you very much. And, uh, you know, as always, be safe. We're going to have another great interview on its way.